And so I'm going to invite you please to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. What we also want to start this morning is a study through the book of Acts for the next few months. So I think it's going to be a wonderful journey. We're going to get to learn about some amazing characters within the scriptures here. We're going to learn also on the strategy that God has given to the church in Acts to spread the gospel into other continents. And as you know that as a church, we do not only have a heart for Switzerland, we have a heart for Europe, and we're trusting that God would help us to break into Europe as a church together with a community of churches called Advance, which we are a part of, and there's a number of churches in England, and guys who have contacted me, at least two of them at the conference too, said, Piet, how can we help lift, and how can you help us to move into Europe? Well, the book of Acts addresses the strategies that we need to embrace, and um, we here have a huge heart for Europe. And again, the book of Acts tells us how we can get there. We're also going to learn just what is important in the kingdom of God. What is important to God. And as we study through the book of Acts, you're going to find out what is important to God. We're also going to find out what His ways are. That means to accomplish what He wants to do. God's ways, would you agree? are a whole lot better than our ways. And we're going to look at that, and that's going to be so exciting. So I think as we walk through the book of Acts, which is going to take a while, um, it's going to be wonderful just to have a number of our preachers in the church to preach through the book of Acts with me. And um, I think um, it's going to be an exciting journey. And God's going to do much within our hearts personally, and He's going to help us just to look outwardly as well. Now, I have come up with a theme that we're going to explore through the book of Acts. And I'm very excited about this theme because it's also the topic of our study this morning. And um, can we have the topic up there, please? The, the topic as we explore the book of Acts is simply the best is yet to come. I feel that that is what the ascension speaks about. Now you would say, what does the word ascension mean? It is simply the departure of Christ into heaven. That's what the ascension means. And with him departing from earth into heaven, the picture that is presented to us in scripture is this that as he leaves, and you'll find out that the disciples were distraught at several occasions when Jesus said to them that this is going to happen, and they said, no, we don't want you to do that. Jesus says, no, I've got to do it, because if I do not leave, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Why was he saying that? He said, because when I leave, it opens up the door for the best to come. Now, I know that almost sounds heresy, doesn't it? You mean there's something better than when Jesus walked on the earth? Yes, 
not in his person, but because while Jesus was on the earth, he was limited by his human body and by his human form. And Jesus said that when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's not only going to be with you, but he's going to live inside of you. A wonderful old song that we used to sing in the church that I grew up in, which says that he walks with me and he talks with me and he shows me life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, Jesus lives today. You know, and that's the focus of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is here because Jesus left. But the best is still to come because the Bible says that um, as Jesus left, and we'll see that in the scriptures, the angel said to the disciples, he said, you know, don't be distraught. Don't be overcome. Because in the way, in the same way as you see Jesus leave, the angel said he's going to come again and you're going to see him. The best is yet to come, friends. Now, in the midst of the best that is yet to come, we're going to study through the book of Acts, and we're going to see that whilst we're waiting for the best to come still, there's many heartaches that the people went through through the book of Acts. There was much suffering that they experienced. There were confusing times for them, at times, they didn't know the way forward. But as we look at the book of Acts, we're going to learn that even in these moments, the best is yet to come. And so I want to encourage us today that irrespective of what your circumstances are like today, the best is yet to come. So don't give up. Don't think that this is it. Aren't you glad that this isn't it? Because the best is yet to come. And so I'd like us to read two portions of Scripture from the Bible. And the first one is from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And then the second portion will be from Matthew chapter 24, reading from verse 14. Let me give you a chance just to turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Great. At home, I'm sure that you have found your Bible already. If not, quickly run and put the coffee down and go and get your Bible. It's very, very important for us to have our Bibles together in this form of worship. Good. Verse 1 says, In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Death was arrested. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days 
and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hit them from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Can you say amen to that? And then John chapter 16, verses 4 to 7 says this. If you want to turn to that, that would be great. Verses 4 to 7 says this. I see a few of you turning to it, so I'm going to wait for you. Verses 4 to 7 says, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things to you. But truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And can you say amen to that scripture as well? Yes, it was over a period of 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension that he appeared at intervals to the apostles and other followers in many different ways. And he was speaking to them and he was ministering to them on a number of subject matters, preparing them for his going away or for his ascension. Now they were given 10 days here just of quiet, earnest prayer and waiting. And Jesus said to them, I want you to go and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And there is something very wise about Jesus when he said, you know, I just want you to go and wait for a few days. Because he knew what they had been through. The trauma within their lives. They had just experienced a little while ago his death, which was so traumatic. 
And then they were grief-stricken. And then the message comes and says, Jesus is no longer dead. He rose up from the dead as he said he would. And then there was this great excitement around it and questions asked, is it really you? And he proved himself to them and he taught them about wonderful things that were going to happen. And then Jesus reminds them and says, hey guys, I'm leaving again. How would you feel about that? So you can understand how the disciples were feeling. And he says, hey guys, look, don't be grief stricken. He says, you know, what's happened needed to have happened. But he says, why don't you Go to that place, be in prayer, be quiet before me and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. I've got to go first and then I'm going to send him to you. And so I can imagine some of the disciples gathering together and they say, what? next is going to happen in our lives. Do you sometimes feel that way, that event after event after event happens, you know, and God speaks to you and you say, oh, thank you, God, and then something else happens. And you say, oh, God, how am I going to get through this? And he says, no, no, just go and wait. I will send the promised Holy Spirit. Okay, let's do that now. And um, so we see that they're at that place. And the most wonderful thing is this. that he says to them, guys and girls, he says, I've got to go away now. And he departs and he leaves. And they go and wait and God sends them the Holy Spirit. But in between that time, I wonder if they are pretty much like you and I where we're not quite sure whether what he said was going to happen and whether it was going to come to us. He needed to remind them that the best was yet to come. Now, what is the thing that you are hanging your hope on for you to feel better about yourself, about your circumstances and what's just happened this past week. Now, my very good friend Ken suffered a huge disappointment last night. Liverpool lost the Champions League final to Real Madrid. And I sat with two Spanish guys on Friday night, and we were at a 40th birthday party. You see, I am still invited to 40th birthday parties. And at the 40th birthday party, there were two Spanish men, and the one Spanish man said, I support Real Madrid. I said, I can understand that. I said, I support Manchester United, but tomorrow night I'm supporting Liverpool. Now, you know that no Manchester United supporter will ever support Liverpool. So I want you to know I broke the mould. And so he says, what's the wager? So I said, okay, I will take you and your friend out for dinner because I believe if Liverpool wins, you take me out for dinner and you pay for the other guy. And if Real Madrid wins, I will take you guys out. And then I set the restaurant, and it's quite an expensive restaurant. So, Ken, you owe me big time. 
And of course, Liverpool lost. And so what is the best that Ken can expect? Well, he's got to go and sit quietly, meditate, contemplate, pray a whole lot for Liverpool to win the Premier League and the Champions League. You see, all of us can put our lives within the context of a disappointment, and the disciples had to do that. And so, when we look at Jesus' ascension, his ascension gives us hope for tomorrow. Because, my friend, it doesn't matter what we experience here on earth, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. We're always going to need to trust. We're always going to need a hope as Christians. We're always going to hurt each other. We will. We're always going to misunderstand each other. The devil is not fully, fully bound yet. He still does his thing. Nations roar against nations and, and fight against nations. And our babies still wake up at nights. You don't get the sleep that you want. These are the realities of life. But the word to us today, when we look at the ascension of Jesus, as he said, I'm going away. He said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. The best is yet to come. Yes, there are bad things that are to come too. But my friends, all of that will be outweighed by the best that God has for us. And maybe this is a good time at home and here just to say amen. Do you believe that with me? I do believe it. Sometimes I don't see it, just like you. Sometimes I don't experience it, just like you, but I do believe it. When I use the phrase, the best is yet to come, it means whatever is happening now will be surpassed by something better in the future. You see, the ascension, the going away of Jesus, teaches us, number one, the best is yet to come if the best is centered in Jesus. The best is yet to come when the best is centered in Jesus. And I want us to have a look at Acts chapter 1, and this is 1 to 3. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive, risen from the dead. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Our friends, the best is yet to come. If the best is centered around Jesus. I wish I could tell some other people 
that the best is yet to come for them. But if they have not centered their faith in Jesus, the worst is yet to come. But the good news of Jesus contextualizes this wonderful truth to the world when John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever should believe in him will not die, will not perish, will not be condemned but will have eternal life. And so that's the very basis from which we start when we say that the best is yet to come when it is centered in Jesus and around Jesus. It is exactly the same with us as Christians when we suffer heartache of different kinds when we are disappointed because things haven't quite worked out the way that we thought it would. When we bring Jesus into our circumstances, he, through the Holy Spirit, will speak the words to you, the best is yet to come. Don't give up. Don't turn your back on him. But look to him, and he will give you the courage to push through those difficulties and those challenges in life. The best is yet to come. Over the last almost four years, it would be in November, it would be four years since the last time that I saw my older son, right? He turns 27 in October, so the last time that I saw him, he was still 22 just bordering on 23. And I said to someone that about eight months ago, the pain in my heart left of not seeing my son, and it turned to almost like a dullness within my heart, where, you know, you just say, you know, it hurt, but what can we do? You know, the borders are still closed in New Zealand, we just can't see. And at that time, I remember praying, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I know, and I quoted the scripture, I think it's in Peter, where it says, one day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years to the Lord is like one day. And I said, Lord, even though I haven't seen my son for almost four years, I said, I know that when I see him, you're going to turn the time that we have, and you're going to make it even more precious than the four years that we lost. Why? Because my faith is centered in Jesus and I believe that was, I believe that that which was meant to harm me because the devil uses those things to harm us but God uses those things to bring good into our lives. The best is yet to come when it is centered in Jesus. I hope today that like with me, with life not being ideal over the last four years, 
that when my son comes, and now he's going to come, this is good news, in July, July the 4th, Independence Day in America. July the 4th, Ryan is going to come, and then an extra gift is that his girlfriend is going to come two weeks later. And so Ryan's going to be with us for over a month, and his lovely girlfriend is going to be with us for about just over two weeks. How many of you know that the best is still to come? Amen? And I pray this for you, for your circumstances. Don't give up. If it's tough, if it's hard, just live it out in Jesus because the best is yet to come. I thought about Kim and I. What was it, about five or six years ago, Kim and I went to Paris and we watched the French Open. And uh, we had such a fantastic time. Him and I, we watched a, ma- a couple of matches. We saw Nadal play. And um, that night, we ran back to our hotel room because as we left the stadium, I oh mean, there was an almighty storm. Do you remember that one, Kim? And Kim's much younger than me, much younger, but I think I outran Kim that day. And we stopped at an Indian restaurant and we had the best curry that I've had anywhere even in Durban. And we had the best curry, and I just thought, Kim, Christo sent me a message. He said, Piet, next year we've got to go to the French Open. And I thought, hey, we've got a group of guys that's going to go to the French Open. And my friends, irrespective of what's happened within our lives, the best is yet to come. I wonder if you could stand with me, and I'd like us to repeat this phrase together, but only if you believe it. If you don't believe it, don't say it. It needs to be a confession of our faith based on the living word of God. Amen? Not empty promises, but based on the word of God. Would you stand with me and then we're going to sit down again? But on the count of three, I would like you to say the best is yet to come. And we have to add the rest of the bit. Would you agree? The best is is yet to come if the best is centered around Jesus. Amen. So on the count of three, and let's say it with a real sense of conviction. One, two, three. The best is yet to come if the best is centered around Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. Secondly, the best is yet to come if we listen to what he says. Remember, often with my sons, Jenny and I would say to them when they're in a difficult situation, and we would say to them, what you do need to do is that you need to listen to what we say. And then things will be better. Now, of course, as parents, we put our name on the line with our children when we say that. And um, I remember when they would have a disappointment at school or in the sport arena, we would say, if you do this, the outcome could be different. Do you really believe it, Dad? Absolutely. 
You know, and this is something of what Jesus is saying to the disciples here. When we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4, this is what the scripture says. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Can all of you say command? Is a command a suggestion? It's filled with authority, a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They needed to listen to the words that Jesus said. And so the best is yet to come if we listen to what God says through his word. This is God's commands to us. It's not suggestions, but it's commands. And as we read through the scriptures, through the Bible, there are many commands that if we listen to them, my friends, the best is yet to come. And it is true that as Christians, oftentimes we don't listen to what the Bible says. We don't listen to God. And we do things in our own way, and the end of that is not good. Or we don't listen to at all what God says, we just do what we want to do. And it ends in tears and in heartaches. And haven't we seen that with our children? We say to them, don't do this, and they go ahead and they do that. As a matter of fact, it, uh, you, know, you and I still do that. I think my mother, she's just turned 80. You know, she says to me every time when I speak to her over Zoom, she said, Piet, when will I see you? And then the whole family sits next to her and says, but Piet saw you a month ago. Oh, really? But when are you coming? And she said, you better come soon. And I know that I need to listen to what my mother says because she's told me that all of my life. She's given me such great instruction, wonderful instruction. And it is similar here. Jesus says to them, hey guys, you are filled with grief. You are disappointed because I'm not going to do what you want me to do, and we'll see that now. But he says to them, what I want you to do is to listen to what I'm saying. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, which he promised, which you heard me speak about. Now, my friends, the disciples who didn't listen to that command, they could have gone on to Judea, Samaria. They thought, well, you know, we're going to do this thing without him. Even their good intentions, we're going to go there, we're going to do this. And some even say, man, I'm not going to waste my time to go and stay in Jerusalem. They would have lost out on that blessing within that moment. Would God restore it to them? Of course, because he's gracious, isn't he? 
He's kind. But they would have lost out on that day's blessing. Now, when you look at what God did on that day, it is written about for all eternity. And when we meet all of these disciples one day in heaven, we're going to find out who were there that day. It's because they obeyed God and they received an incredible blessing. My friends, when we listen to God, we will be blessed even though times may be difficult. But we've got to listen to Him. Don't listen to yourself. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things, the scripture says. Listen to him. Just listen to him. And you will receive a blessing even during the most trying times within your life. Honestly, that scripture in Peter sustained me when I was missing my son. What was really, really cool was that when he plays cricket and he plays on his home ground, I could stream it and I can see him play cricket. And there he walks along, his mannerisms is still the same. He plays cricket just like his father. No, never like his father. Way better than his father. And I would just like him, as he walks on the field, to turn around and to wave. He never did that. (laughs) Never even thought about being there. But you know, that's the kind of thing on Friday night he was playing hockey and where they're playing, they stream it, and so I was watching his hockey match. I could say, there my boy goes. You see, the scripture that sustained me was, God can turn anything around. Where I've lost four years of his life, within one moment, God can turn it around into a wonderful blessing. If we listen to what God says. And then thirdly, the best is yet to come if we focus on what is really important. And this is one of the most important truths that I could mention to us today. Look at what Acts chapter 1 verse 6 says. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times all the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. My friends, the best is yet to come if we focus on what is important. You see, what was important to the disciples were what they wanted. They wanted Jesus now, here, there, and then to restore the kingdom to Israel. That's what they wanted. That was their desire. That's what they wanted. They wanted to say, hey, look at our king. Heroes were with him. Jesus said, no, the time is not yet. I'm leaving, I'm going. They had a question that probably wasn't fully answered to their satisfaction in this moment. 
And my friends, if you and I focus on the wrong things, we will lose out on what God has promised. Some of us get offended because our questions aren't answered. I've got many questions for God that are unanswered. But if I focus on those things that are unanswered, that hasn't been done, I will be most miserable and I will lose out on what God wants to do. He said to them, don't focus on those things that doesn't make sense to you. Don't focus on that. He says, focus on what I want you to do. And do you know, nine out of ten times, when we focus on what God is doing, the questions that we have, the disappointments that has overcome us, my friend starts to disappear within time and we get involved in what God is doing and my friends, the other things tend not to matter that much anymore. Agreed? This is what the ascension teaches us. The ascension teaches us that the best is yet to come if we focus on what is important. My friends, gathering together like this is so important. Don't let the questions that you have and the disappointments that you have and don't let the things that you think that should happen here stop you from being here. Get involved with what God is doing. My friends, there's a lot that we as a church don't do. Don't focus on that. Focus on the things that we as a church do and you will be blessed. And so you can apply that into every circumstance of your life. And then lastly, and we're going to end with this. The best is yet to come when we live in the hope of his soon return. The ascension is not completed if we don't believe that Jesus will return one day. Because then Jesus is a liar if he will never return again. Because the angels stood around the people and he said, and they said, the way, same way in which Jesus was taken up. They said, you see him? That's the way that he's going to come one day. You're going to see him. And he's going to come back to the earth. And then he ultimately will restore all things unto himself. Verses 9 to 11 says this of Acts chapter 1. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? (laughs) What he was saying is, you know, Stop just looking into the sky. Uh, Have you met those people who are so heavenly minded they know earthly good? He just says to them, stop just looking into the sky. He says, there's a whole lot more that's going to happen. And I've told you what needs to happen, but, but 
one day you're going to look up into the sky. <laughs> and he says here, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And Paul in the book of Thessalonians says, let these words encourage you. My friends, we've been taught not to look too far into the future. Well, the Bible tells us that we could look very far into the future, as far as Jesus' return. As a matter of fact, the book of Timothy tells us and the book of Titus tells us that there is a special reward for those of you who are a little bit heavenly-minded. That means that we need to look forward to his return because, my friends, when we look forward to his return, when we have a perspective of his return, when we have a perspective of eternity, you see, because eternity is coming closer to earth when Jesus returns one day, it's amazing how your view of earth changes in the light of this wonderful revelation that Jesus gives to his disciples. How often in our conversations do we speak about the return of Jesus? If I had to ask you who of you spoke about the return of Jesus this week, I wonder how many hands would go up. If I had to ask you who of you spoke about the return of Jesus over the last two weeks, I wonder how many hands would go up. Or if I had to say, well, in the last month, have you spoken about the return of Jesus, have you thought about the return of Jesus? I think we would be surprised how we are neglecting this incredibly important truth that anchors us today in what is yet to come. My friends, the best is yet to come when we live in the hope of his soon Return. And so as we study through the book of Acts over the next few months, we're going to find within the stories that we're going to be reading about, we're going to follow the journeys of the men and women who proclaim the gospel, and we're going to find out that the best is yet to come if the best is centered in Jesus. We're going to find that the best is yet to come when we listen to what he says. We're going to find out that the best is yet to come when we focus on what is important. Don't get distracted. And the best is yet to come when we live in the hope of his soon return.